Exodus chapter 19 this morning. If you can turn your Bibles there, it's going to be very important to do so. But maybe to remind the church that VSM Somin are in Vic Falls this morning where they are ministering. They will be back during the course of the week. Right. Exodus chapter number 19. I think last Sunday, verse did talk to us about coming out to serve and do what God expects us to do. This morning, maybe just to build on or to put on the other side of the message, we are going to read Exodus chapter 9, verse verse, verse 3 up to verse 7, just a few verses. Let's, Let's read the verses on the screen. The Bible says, while Moses went up to God, On Mount Sinai, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, which is Israel, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I took his wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, You shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Hallelujah. Right. I need us to understand a few things before I get into the real thing I want to talk about. I need us to understand that when you read Exodus, I have said this before, that you are looking at the physical picture of our salvation. Exodus shows us in the physical form what God would do for us in the spirit realm. Hello? Israel is the physical example of the church before the church was born spiritually. You get what I'm talking about? Exodus is showing us the real picture of our salvation. If you want to see it physically, they are just playing what would happen when Jesus arrives. Yeah? To create a new Israel, which is the body of Christ. So when I'm reading Israel about Israel in the Bible, I am reading about myself in the spirit realm, in Christ Jesus. So God is on Mount Sinai in chapter 19. And he calls Moses to him because no one by then would go before God except the set priest, who is Moses. And God gives him an instruction, a message to inform Israel. And if you look at the message that we read, it is exactly what God intended for what was to come the salvation of humankind. Are you with me there? 
I will just give you a few scriptures this morning to talk, I mean, to just emphasize on what I'm talking about. But otherwise, I want to talk to us about the kingdom of priests. I want to talk to us about the fact and the truth that we are the kingdom of priests. We are a kingdom, and a kingdom of kings and a kingdom of priests. And maybe time allowing, I will just show you what these priests are and what priests ought to do. Because you sit here this morning as a priest unto God. If you get with me, this one might not show on, the, on your screen. If you get with me to First Peter chapter number 2. The Bible gives us another perception of what we are talking about. If you can open your Bible so you can read with me. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm trying to get there on my Bible, but if you put it first for me, I will stop going to my Bible. It's there. Right. No. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Let's go on. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has come, has become the cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his, into his marvelous light. Leave that verse there, verse 9 there. God says to Moses, tell the children of Israel that I have called them unto myself so that they are a special people to me. Yeah? Among all nations, they are a special people for me, to me, among all the nations. And Peter comes in the New Testament to make that same emphasis that you and me now in Christ Jesus, we are the same chosen generation. A royal priesthood. We are not just a priesthood. You see, guys, in the Old Testament, we had priests. Priests would go before God on behalf of Israel. Because no man would sacrifice. You would just bring your live sacrifices, be it doves and whatever they were bringing, and they give to the priest, and the priest would go in there by himself to represent you. And they tell us that the priest would always have a rope tied on their waist, and some people would be holding the rope outside in case he died in the presence of God and no one would dare go in to retrieve them. 
then they would pull them out. You get what I'm talking about. But you and me, let me put it this way, those priests were actually a representative of Jesus Christ. Eh? Who then came and they did what he did on the cross of Calvary and they gave you and me that priesthood a duty, that priesthood a a capacity, that priesthood, a responsibility. Now that we no longer need anyone to go for you and me in the presence of God. Because Jesus opened the space and dressed us up as a royal priesthood after his own kind. So we can now go in before God and say, I am here, Father, Abba, Father. We no longer die in the presence of God. Why? Because we are a kingdom of priesthood. We are a royal priesthood of God. Not of men, but of God. We are priests not made by men. No, no, no. No man makes you a priest. No man anoints you or ordinates you to be a priest. Jesus has already done it, and you are a royal priesthood. You can stand before God. You can worship God. You can do anything. You can talk to God. You can come to God because you belong to his kingdom this morning. Are you with me this morning? So Peter says you are a chosen generation. God chose us before the foundations of this earth to be here, to be a royal priesthood, and a holy Nation. We are not just a group of people. We are a nation of God, a nation of God. Not just a nation, but a holy nation. I always say this, and let me repeat it. In the world, there are two nations. The nations of the world and the nation of God. Two nations. You and me belong to the nation of God, which is a holy nation, a people of his own possession who proclaim his excellencies. The priest of God, our duty is to proclaim the excellencies of God. I will show you later. Let's go to Revelations chapter 5. Revelations chapter 5. And let's read from verse 9. Let's read from verse 9. Revelations chapter 5. Is it there? And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take this scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people. Sorry, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And we have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah. He has purchased us from every tribe. Every language, every nation, every people group, everything you can imagine and with his blood and has made us a kingdom. Are you with me this morning? A kingdom, exactly what he promises in Exodus chapter number 19, that you shall be a kingdom of priests unto me. 
And so he has bought us with his blood from the kingdoms of the world and made us a kingdom unto himself. Not only a kingdom unto himself, but also a kingdom of priests. My Bible here, the New King James Version says, he made us kings and priests unto God. That as we sit here this morning, we are kings and priests. That is the role of every believer on earth. You are a king, meaning you have authority. Authority over everything and you are reigning over everything. And you are a priest, meaning you serve. You serve before God. You worship God. You praise God. You proclaim his excellencies. Every believer is a king and is a priest unto God. Because we are a kingdom of kings and a priest unto God. And that is what God has made us. I need us to understand that the intention of God, the priority of God for his people and his redemptive goal has been and is always worship and kingdom reinstatement. Ladies and gentlemen, let me put it this way. Right in the beginning when you read the story of creation, God creates man and gives man dominion. And the word dominion stands for kingdom. He gives man kingdom. He gives man rulership. He gives man management. He gives man stewardship. He gives man authority over all God's creation. Are you with me there? And you need to understand that we lost that dominion, that kingdom in Genesis chapter 3 when the enemy comes in and robs Adam of the dominion, of the kingdom, and we lost it. And Jesus comes there for the second Adam for reinstatement. He's reinstating the dominion. He's reinstating the kingdom. That's why he is making us a kingdom again of kings and priests because this has been God's intention and priority for humanity to be kings on earth. So this morning as we sit here, you and me are kings and the citizens of a kingdom, the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven, and we are priests unto God, and we reign in the earth, therefore, on behalf of God. We reign in the earth for God. We are in charge of the affairs of the earth. We are in charge of the earth. The earth belongs to us as much as it belongs to our Father. He has given us the mandate to rule over it. He's given us the mandate to be in charge because we are a kingdom. I think our biggest challenge as Christians is that we are seeing ourselves in these leaky denominations that we have set ourselves on. And we are failing to see the big picture of a nation and a kingdom. And yet our power is in our collective fellowship as a nation and as a kingdom. When we begin to see ourselves as a kingdom of God, the body of Christ, the household of God, the kingdom of God, we become powerful. The more Israel realized that they were kingdom, the more powerful they became. Can we imagine that there were three million plus people, but they were worshiping together in one place? 
They didn't have redemption services there. They didn't have King City there. They didn't have Baptist there. They didn't have that one there. It was one collective unity, the kingdom of God. And whenever they moved, they moved as a kingdom. They moved as a nation and the other nations were afraid of them. Hello, you are too quiet. Are you with me this morning? That's exactly what the church ought to be today. A big kingdom, a big nation moving together, brought together by the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do so, in our unity, we reign in the earth. In our unity, we send the enemy forces flying. They cannot stand us. Because our God is too powerful for them. Are you with me this morning? Let's move on. I just want to show you something. So, I've said that Jesus came to restore the kingdom and reinstate men as kings and priests for God. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. Let's read that scripture together. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. I just want you to see that we are a kingdom, that we are in a kingdom. Right, is it coming? Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Hallelujah. He has transferred, uh, sorry, he has delivered us from the domain, the kingdom of darkness. He did not just deliver us and leave us there. He transferred us literally into his kingdom. Just like he delivered Israel from the physically Egypt and took them physically to the land of Canaan. That's the picture that we see there. That's the picture of the movement. Salvation, ladies and gentlemen, is a movement. A movement from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love, which is the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of heaven. So when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, we move from one kingdom to another. And when we move to this kingdom, we begin to use and to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. We are no longer attached to that kingdom because the cross breaks that. The blood of Jesus breaks that. So we are now citizens of the kingdom of God because he moved us. Hallelujah. There is a movement. Ladies and gentlemen, Christianity is this movement. We keep moving. This time we are no longer moving from one kingdom to another. We have already moved. We are in the kingdom of God, but we keep moving from one step to another, from one level to another in our understanding of who we are in Christ and in our understanding of the finished work on the cross of Calvary. The more knowledge you acquire, the more the enemy is afraid of you. Do you know that the devil works on your ignorance? He will vex you based on your ignorance. He takes advantage of your ignorance. That's why the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people would perish. 
the people of God, the people in the kingdom of God are expected to be a people of knowledge, a people who know their rights in the kingdom. We are so good in knowing our rights according to the constitutions of the kingdoms of the world. And those rights keep violated left, right, and center. They are yours this minute. They are not yours tomorrow as long as it suits those who rule over you. But in the kingdom of God, your rights are your rights. What Jesus has granted you, it is what he has granted you. If you are ignorant of it, it's no longer Jesus' problem, but your problem. Are you with me this morning? So he has delivered you. Talk to your neighbor and say you have been delivered. Totally from the domain of darkness. Otherwise, remaining bondage to any power of darkness, ladies and gentlemen, is a sign of ignorance. But when you know you are free, Jesus has moved you. He delivered. He took them out of Egypt into Canaan. Canaan is a type of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that flows with honey and milk. Hallelujah. So there is this movement to the kingdom from Egypt to Canaan. I have said this. You see, if you look at the Gospels when Jesus enters the scene straight from the beginning, he is talking about the kingdom. Matthew chapter 4, I think it's verse number 17. Don't put it there. Jesus, the Bible says the moment Jesus started preaching, from this time on, Jesus started preaching, saying, repent for the kingdom of God has come. He speaks about the kingdom every moment of his ministry for three years. He is talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. That's the message because that is who we are. We are the kingdom of God. So we need to emphasize and focus on that one. If you read Acts chapter 1 verse number 3, after he is risen, don't put it, he's risen from the dead. You would expect Jesus to talk about his experience in the grave, his experience maybe in the courtyard when they were arresting him, beating him, torturing him, and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't mention those things. The Bible in that scripture says that for 40 days, he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Read that scripture. Acts chapter 1 verse number 3. For 40 days, he was not talking to them about anything post-resurrection. He is still talking about the kingdom of God. Because he is establishing a kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, not just a congregation, not just a denomination, not just anything. I always say this controversially, of course. There is nothing Pentecostal about the church of Jesus Christ. There's nothing evangelical. There's nothing Baptist. There's nothing Roman Catholic. There's nothing whatever about the church of Jesus Christ. It is what it is. And it is what he wants it to be. A holy nation, a kingdom of God here on earth. That is who we are. A kingdom of God. So this morning, briefly, 
I think maybe before I get there, even when you read Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33, Jesus makes the emphasis. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What are you seeking first? What are you pursuing first? What are you starting first? What are you focusing on first? Before anything else, focus on the kingdom of God. And on his righteousness. Because the righteousness is the culture of the kingdom. And when you understand these two the Bible says all these things shall be added unto you. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no kingdom that doesn't take care of its citizens. The kingdom of God is a great kingdom. It will add all these things unto you the moment you pursue it. The moment you pursue the righteousness of the kingdom. So it means that you and me need to invest so much time, so much of our resources pursuing the kingdom of God. And when we do that, we become fully fleshed citizens. That's why when you get whatever, you just mention the name and the kingdom responds. You just call the kingdom response. The angels are there to minister to every citizen of the kingdom of God. And God is there to supply, to provide accordingly. And according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me give you just four things and I will be off from your faces for the week so that you can look at these things properly. Now that we are a kingdom, what are the expectations? What is it that we ought to be doing as people of the kingdom of priests? How do we do what we ought to do? Number one, we ought to live and love as its citizens of the kingdom. Live and love as citizens of the kingdom, not as Zimbabweans, not as Africans. No, not as educated or uneducated, but as citizens of the kingdom. Because before I am Zimbabwean, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? What comes first to me is the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. It's primary. It's not secondary. Are you with me? So when I am identifying myself, I identify myself by the kingdom first. Then Zimbabwean later. Hello. So live as a citizen. Love as a citizen. What does Philippians 3 verse 20 say? But our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our citizenship is. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is to come again for the second time because he already has come. But our citizenship as Christians is awful. Heaven. Where do you come from? What's your citizenship? That brown passport is not necessarily your citizenship. That green one is not necessarily your citizenship. Your citizenship is marked by the blood of Jesus. 
I come from the kingdom of God. I represent the kingdom of God. I'm born of God. I am of God. I am a royal priesthood. I am a son of God. I am a child of God. I am a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my brother and my savior. That's my begging right. Don't you think so? The Bible says, if any man would boast, let him boast in the Lord. You heard me this morning. Hallelujah. Live as a citizen, therefore. Living as a citizen, it means you have to live righteously. You have to live a holy life. You have to walk by faith. You have to walk in love. You have to walk circumspectly, redeeming the times, for the times are evil. You have to maximize on every opportunity that you have. Living as a citizen of God, it means that you will have to talk about Jesus everywhere you go. You talk about the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Stop talking about your papa or your pastor or your prophet or what have you. That's not the language of a child of God. That has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Talk the kingdom of God. Talk Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. Tell people about the kingdom because your power is derived from the kingdom of God. If you recognize the kingdom, it works for you because you are its citizen. And when you call, they will respond. Are you with me this morning? You will love like the kingdom citizen. What does it mean? You will have to love. Loving one another is not a choice. It's a commandment of the kingdom. It's the culture of the kingdom. It's the nature of the kingdom. Loving your enemies is not a choice. You don't vote for it. In the kingdom of God, there is no democracy. There is one king who doesn't change. And he is the king of all kings. We are all kings here in our own right as the children of God. And we love one another and we love those who hate us. And forgive them like our king did on the cross of Calvary. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? Let's go to number two. My point number two. What do we do as kingdom priests? Utilize the kingdom currency, which is of irresistible value. And what is this kingdom currency? It's chapter 3, verse 6. And that kingdom currency is the name. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have... I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I don't have money because money is the currency of the world. But in the kingdom of God, we have this one currency, which I have. That's what Peter is saying. Silver and gold. No, 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 no. I don't have it because in this kingdom, we don't operate on the basis of silver and gold. But I have the currency which does everything. And that is the name of Jesus. That's our currency. So as a citizen of the kingdom of God and as a priest in this kingdom, you have the name of Jesus to use. You have the name of Jesus to work on or to work through or to work by. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you of what you know this morning. There is power in that name. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is restoration in the name of Jesus. No sickness, no disease can withstand the name of Jesus. When you call it, the Bible says that the mention of the name Jesus, every knee shall bow down. 
of all things in heaven, things on earth, things underneath the earth. And the Bible says every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because you have mentioned the name. When you call the name Jesus, the atmospheres change. That's the power of our kingdom. And that is our currency. I might be broke without money, but I have the name that changes everything. The name of Jesus. I can be a nobody, but guess what? I can stand and call the name of Jesus and heaven responds. Because that is my currency. So as believers, let's not be afraid of using the name. Lay hands on sick people in the name of Jesus. Yeah? Rebuke spirits in the name of Jesus. Cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Where the kingdom is, where citizens of the kingdom are, ladies and gentlemen, blind eyes will open. The deaf will hear. Yeah? The mute will speak where every child of God is. The lame will walk because we have the currency. We have the name. We have the anointing. We have the spirit. It's given unto you and me. It's not for your purpose only. No, it's for every believer. Ladies and gentlemen, in the kingdom of God, there is none who is better than the other. What makes you better is how you use the values of the kingdom of God and nothing else. So all of us here, go anywhere and call on that name. It works for you. Hallelujah. You heard me this morning. The name above all names. There is no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Give it. Granted, established in heaven for you and for me. Number three, let's move on. Operate as ambassadors, authorized to offer kingdom peace and reconciliation to those who are yet to be renewed. You know, let's read maybe first, second Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Keep that scripture there. We are ambassadors. Therefore, or therefore, the proper English pronunciation, therefore. In the Bantu language, therefore. That's an emphasis. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. I don't have to educate anyone about it. Ambassador, a representative of Christ. When you are an ambassador, you have the whole authority of the one that you are representing. The whole authority. When you sign, Jesus signs. When you speak, Jesus speaks. When you do whatever you do, Jesus has done it. You are doing it on behalf of Christ. That's an ambassador. That's who you are. You are not representing anyone else but Jesus. In this kingdom, as a citizen of the kingdom, as a priest of God. And guess what? God is making an appeal through you to the world. He's making an appeal to those who are yet to be reconciled through you. When they see you, they see Jesus. 
When they listen to you talking, they hear Jesus. They begin to say, these men and women have been with Christ. They are not ordinary. We understand that they are not educated. But yo, yo, hear what they say. And hear how they say what they are saying. Because when I represent Christ, he works through me. The Bible says I've put on Christ. He's in me and I am in him. When I talk, he is talking. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? We are ambassadors. Wherever you are, don't chicken out. Don't be afraid. When you stand up for Jesus, wherever you are, he comes alongside. He gives you victory. You begin to see signs and wonders. You begin to see miracles. The reason you have not experienced a miracle is because you are not stepping out. You are calling on somebody to do a miracle for you. You'll be misled. Talk to your neighbor and say, you are a miracle worker. There is none better than you. You are that miracle worker. So we implore. Let's go out there as kingdom citizens and implore the world. Come to Jesus. Yeah? There is power in his name. There is salvation only in Christ, not in any church or any denomination, but in Christ only. Our duty is to blow the trumpet for Christ and no one else. You are hearing me this morning. The last one. Number four, serve as the kingdom militia. I love this. In Zimbabwe, we have a lot of militias. Yeah? And the world has a lot of these militias. They beat. They, they, they do all kinds of things. But here we are talking about kingdom militia. The kingdom militia we are talking about here is not physically violent. It is spiritual violence. And the violent shall take it by force. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of God will always be persecuted. One of the violence, the kingdom of God is suffering, is the refusal to preach the kingdom of God by those who preach. One of the violences the kingdom is suffering is the other gospel, which is not the gospel that Jesus said we must preach, citizens of the kingdom. The Bible says a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. It shall surely fall. Look at the division amongst ourselves, <clears throat> even as a small group like this. We surely cannot stand against the enemy. We need to be together. Are you with me this morning? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20. I will read and go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his mighty. Put on the whole armor of God. That's the militia I'm talking about. Militias are armed. The kingdom militia is armed, dangerously armed. You're putting on the whole armor, not part of the armor. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil is scheming against you every day. He's scheming against the kingdom every day. He's scheming against your family. He's scheming against your finances, your businesses, your children, your marriage, your everything, your healthy and the lack every day. 
and the kingdom has given you the weapons, therefore, to resist the scheming. Where was I? Was I here? <clears throat> Can we go back? Against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight what we see. We don't fight physically things, no. The problem is not your brother. <clears throat> the problem is not your husband. It's not your wife. The problem is not that person you are pointing a finger at. The problem is what the Bible will show you. But we fight against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Where are our enemies? In the heavenly places. In most cases, they are not seen. Thank you, UK. <coughs> I'll give you my coffee. <coughs> right. We, we're fighting against all those. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand today. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, truth, righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So that is your armory. If you are a citizen of God, be fully armed. <clears throat> Stop looking for other things. The Bible is not even mentioning a thing called anointing oil. It's not mentioned there. Did you see it there? Did you see a man of God mentioned there as part of your amari? Did you see church mentioned there as part of your amari? <clears throat> Did you see it? Go and read again. We are busy with things that don't make us anything. We're busy arming ourselves with hopeless things. The fact that oil comes from Israel, it doesn't substitute the armory of God. It's as good as oil that comes from Zaravan or from Matopo. It's useless. You get what I'm talking about. This is your armory as a citizen of the kingdom. Be armed, therefore. Put it on. How dare you go to war without your weapons? How will you fight? Ladies and gentlemen, we are fighting every day. Every second we need the truth. We need righteousness. We need faith. Every day we need to walk for the gospel. Every day we need salvation. We need the sword, the word of God every day. We fight by speaking the word and declaring the word of God. And it works in us. That is what the priests in the kingdom of God do. Priests use the word. Priests speak the word. 
priests worship through the word of God. You and me are fully armed as citizens of God, as the militia of heaven, here on earth. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me this morning? Did you gain anything this morning? My prayer is for us as the church, as King City Church first, to understand who we are. We are a kingdom, and the kingdom of God. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We belong to the kingdom of God. We are children of God, far above anything else. And God has armed us, has prepared everything for you and me, and we can do it. Father, we thank you this afternoon and this morning for your goodness and for your mercies that are new every day. Lord, thank you for your word. We have spoken your word, even as we instructed. My prayer, Lord, is that we will really be the citizens that you want us to be. We give ourselves, we give our lives, we give our hearts, that even as we go out into the world, we are citizens of God. We are an army of Jehovah. We are fully armed. We are not afraid of the enemy. There is no weapon fashioned against us that shall prevail. We are overcomers. We are above only and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. Lord, victory is ours in Christ Jesus because you cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus always. So we thank you for boldness. We thank you for faith. We thank you for the hunger in us for the word of God and the hunger for prayer that we may pray with all kinds of prayers, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you honor, we give you glory today and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.